At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the campfire. The only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction in exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire while you relax and listen. Make your mind wander about the reality we live in. The story I'm about to tell you is from a traveler named How Queer. He called this experience the Sisters of House Omega. Please, allow me to tell you his tale. I was never the type to join a sorority. My twin sister, Chell, begged me to rush with her the summer before our freshman year approached. But I think she knew deep down I was a lost cause. I was a band geek in high school, and a band geek I intended to remain. Don't get me wrong, this isn't some not like other girls bullshit. I was happy for Chell. I even got trashed on celebratory wine coolers with her when she pledged her sorority. We just had different interests. As long as she was happy, that's all that mattered, and I know she felt the same about me. How did I miss that she was so deeply unhappy? She threw herself off the bell tower in the center of campus less than three weeks before the end of the spring semester. I hadn't seen her in a couple of days. I was holed up at the library pulling double all-nighters to finish my final paper for Greek and Roman mythology. I woke up in the early afternoon on a Sunday to ten missed calls from Mom and a text from Chell. Love you forever, Lou. I'm so sorry. 2.55 a.m. witnesses say she jumped at 3.02. I skipped finals, took incompletes in all of my classes, and headed home to be with my mom. Alex, our best friend from high school, offered to bail for the rest of the semester too. But I didn't want him to lose his scholarship. Still, he made the two-hour drive home every weekend to hang with me. We didn't talk much. It still hurt too much to remember the good times and I didn't care much about the present. But it was better than drinking alone, and Alex was generous with sharing his weed. My mom insisted I get back into the swing of things this fall. I decided just to do a half-time course load, mostly focused on finishing up my classes from last semester. I moved into a solo room in the dorms that's more the size of a closet than real livable space. I didn't mind being alone. I kind of preferred it that way. Alex, though, thought that the solitude was bad for me. Or at least that's what he claimed when he dragged me along to a Greek party last weekend. Shell was popular among the guys in his fraternity, he said. And they'd all been asking about me. Worried. I really didn't want to go, but Alex wouldn't let up. It's what Michelle would want, 
Louise. Asshole. Even if he was right. That's how I found myself last Saturday in the passenger seat of Alex's BMW. Driving out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. I quickly realized I had no idea where the hell we were or where we were headed. I'd never gone to a frat party with Chell. Navigating a sea of sweaty dudes who smell like PBR isn't my ideal night out. But I was pretty sure most frat houses weren't 45 minutes from campus. Tucked away off a dirt road that didn't even have a name on Google Maps. I picked at a fraying thread on the hem of my sweater. One of Chell's. It was bright green and haphazardly cropped at the waist in a homemade chop job. It wasn't my style at all, and I never would have worn it before Chell. Before she was gone. But that night... Wearing it gave me confidence like she was there with me. So dot 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 what's the deal with this party anyway? Or are you driving me out to the middle of nowhere to murder me? Alex rolled his eyes and fished a piece of black cardstock out of the mess of napkins on his center console. The paper was heavy, expensive, with gold embossed letters glittering in a scrolling font. You are cordially invited. The sisters of House Omega welcome you to our fall semester culling. Attendance is mandatory. Only the true of heart will remain until dawn. Will that be you, Alex? Did all the guys in the house get one of these? I turned the paper over, where an address and time were listed. County Road 5. Midnight. Yeah, about a week ago. We're still trying to figure out who's hosting. It's not this Omega sorority. Alex laughed at me, not unkindly. There's no such thing, Louise. I frowned. A party in the middle of nowhere, hosted by nobody. I was already starting to regret abandoning my resolve to live the semester as a hermit. None of this is creeping you out. What does it mean by culling, anyway? Ah, oh, it's just for dramatics. See who can stick it out all night, you know. Maybe there'll be a prize. And you know what? He grinned and slapped me on the thigh. I slapped him back. We're not gonna pussy out. We'll be the winners, the last one standing. Just like old times. You with me. I turn into a pumpkin after two. I'm serious, Lou. So am I, Alexander. He knew I hated being called Lou. Shell always called me Lou. Besides, are they even going to let me in? I didn't get one of these. I shook the invitation in his face. I was starting to have a really bad feeling. If I'd known about all this weirdness beforehand, I would have already been in bed. Tossing and turning on my lumpy twin mattress. Brainstorming ways to beg Professor Dixon for yet another extension on my first paper. Sounded better than stumbling into the plot of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Come on, Louise, if it's lame, we'll bail. And they'll definitely let you in. I mean, you look just like her, they'll. Feel sorry for me. I took grim satisfaction seeing the smile slip off his face. No, absolutely not. His lips pulled down into a frown and I looked away. Louise, his large hand grasped my fingers gently. His voice had gone soft. I just mean that everybody loved Chell, and they'll love you too. Just like she did. I looked out the window and blinked hard once, twice, before clearing my throat. Fine. But the second I'm ready to leave, we're leaving, prize be damned. Alex squeezed my hand and let go. Deal. We continued the drive in silence. Alex drummed his fingers on the steering wheel, and I scanned the empty fields on the side of the road. We'd pulled off on the county road over ten minutes ago. We'd almost missed the turnoff, which was only marked by a small, weathered wood sign, embossed with a gold omega symbol. There was still no sign of a party. 
Alex. Alex shifted in the driver's seat and hunched over the steering wheel, squinting into the darkness. Yeah, dot, 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 it's so. I feel like we should have seen it by now. He laughed, high-pitched and thready. I continued unraveling the loose thread on the hem of Chell's sweater. The BMW crested a large hill, and I let out a breath I hadn't known I was holding. A large, white farmhouse stood in the valley below us. A fleet of Land Rovers and Mercedes parked haphazardly in the grass out front. Alex laughed, much more genuinely, this time, and patted my knee as he parked next to a Lexus. Relax, it's gonna be fun. I mustered up a smile but didn't say anything. Alex grinned and hopped out of the car. I peered up at the house. The facade was bright and cheery, freshly painted with bright blue shutters flanking the windows. The front door a bubbly yellow. The interior, glimpsed through the open blinds, looked warm and inviting. And I could already feel the bass beat of a shitty pop song vibrating softly in my chest. It all looked pretty innocuous. Maybe I could have a good time. For Alex. For Chell. The loud clunk of the passenger door opening startled me. Alex arched his eyebrow, forearm braced on the roof of the car. Are you coming, or were you planning to wait in the car all night? I rolled my eyes and unbuckled. I socked him on the arm as I climbed out of the car. Let's have some fun or whatever. I didn't need to worry about getting in the door. There was nobody checking invitations. We were greeted by a loud cheer of Alex. When we entered the living room, the party well underway. A few guys ran up, thumping Alex on the back and nodding my way in polite acknowledgement. I was suddenly enveloped in a bear hug by a man whose name I couldn't remember. Overwhelmed by a cloud of axe and sour beer breath. We're so glad you could make it, Lou. We miss Chell so much. A chorus of drunk voices chimed in, booming in the small space of the foyer. C-H-E-L. Sour breath let me go to pump his fist in the air. And the boys all started chanting Chell's name. I couldn't decide whether I was endeared or disgusted. Alex flushed and elbowed one of his brothers in the ribs. I was about to give him shit when another. Much more slender arm wrapped around my shoulders. Oh, Louise, I didn't know you were going to be here. Anna, the president of Chell's sorority, had to crouch down to hug me. Her words were slurred, her movements languid and clumsy. But her big brown eyes were clear and focused when she pulled back. Anna had always liked Chell, took her under her wing when she first started pledging. And she'd always made me feel welcome in the house. So it was out of the ordinary that she looked concerned, rather than pleased. To see me. A dot 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 yeah. Alex said it would be cool. I glared in Alex's direction. He just shrugged. Anna's brow furrowed, but before she could answer. Another voice chimed in, rich and melodic. Oh, I didn't realize this was Alex's party. Anna froze, and her eyes widened. Slowly, she turned to face three of the most beautiful women I had ever seen in my entire life. Despite their striking appearance, I don't know that I could describe any of them now. It's all kind of fuzzy in my memory. But I do know that they were supermodel tall, willowy, with bright eyes that seemed to stare right through you. One of the women, sparkling green eyes boring into mine, spoke again in the same resonant tone. Anna, who's your party crasher friend? She smiled when she said it, and her tone betrayed no ill will. But I still shrank back behind Anna instinctually. I looked around again for Alex, but he had wandered off already. That set off distant alarm bells in my head, after all his promises that we would stick together. But I couldn't focus on anything but the woman in front of me. 
Anna grabbed my hand and squeezed it tightly. Oh, a dot 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 this is. You remember Chell. The girl I told you about. This is her sister, Louise, and dot 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 well. I think Alex just thought. Another of the three women, gray eyes this time, stepped around Anna in one smooth motion, interrupting her rambling. She grabbed my hand out of Anna's and clasped it between both of her own. Her skin was cool, almost cold, but her grip was soft. I thought I was just rocking a stupid crush at the time, but the world seemed to tilt off center when she bent down to meet me at eye level. Voice whisper soft yet strong enough to carry over the house music thumping through the floorboards. Darling, I'm so sorry about your sister, but I'm really not sure this party is your scene. Anna looked downright panicked by this point, falling all over herself to apologize to the trio. I scanned the crowd and, aside from Alex and a couple of his fraternity brothers, I only saw one other person at the party who looked familiar. A girl from Chell and Anna's sorority, Beth. Stacy, who I knew almost nothing about. Chell had never introduced me to her. A distant part of me registered that I should be embarrassed. Or... Then if Anna was panicking, maybe I should be too. Instead, I felt a strange sense of calm, content to follow wherever that voice might lead me. Of course, I didn't mean to cause any trouble. The third woman stepped forward and rested a graceful hand lightly on my shoulder. Bright blue eyes danced kindly. I couldn't look away. No trouble at all, sweetheart. Just let me walk you to your car. Anna looked on helplessly as the two women guided me slowly to the door. A tiny splinter of logic somehow managed to pierce the haze that had settled over my brain. I don't have a car. Alex drove me. Gray eyes and blue eyes looked at each other for a few minutes, seeming to have a silent conversation. Blue eyes finally sighed and turned back to me. Well then, I guess there's nothing for it. Want to keep me company in the kitchen? I could feel the dopey grin splitting my face but I couldn't do anything to stop it. I nodded a bit too enthusiastically to be cool. Blue eyes laughed. It sounded like bells. My mind sunk deeper into the fog. It didn't even cross my mind to go find Alex. I forgot about Anna's frantic worry from just moments before. I let blue eyes take my hand and lead me further into the house. I felt safe while I was with her. A peace I hadn't felt since Chell's death washed over me. The next day, as the memories came back to me in flashes, I would realize how off everything was. The whole house had this shimmery glow about it, like something out of a dream. Alex's fraternity brothers and the handful of girls from Chell's sorority drank from seemingly bottomless red solo cups and danced feverishly in the living room, pressed tightly together in a writhing mass. The rest of the partigoers did shot after shot in the kitchen, a never-ending supply of vodka and tequila flowing freely, poured generously by the mysterious sisters of House Omega. The sisters themselves, each as stunningly gorgeous as the last, stood around the party's periphery, laughing easily at the revelry without actually partaking in any of it themselves. All the while, those piercing eyes swept over the party with a calculated, unsettling intensity. Hindsight, of course, is 20 over 20. At the time, I was too swept up myself, too enraptured by ocean blue eyes, to notice anything odd. I wish I could remember her name. Blue eyes. Despite everything that happened, I still find myself yearning to know more about her. She pulled me into a cozy bench seat in the corner of the kitchen, away from the worst of the noise. She tucked a stray hair behind my ear with long, graceful fingers. 
and the whole world fell away. She asked me to tell her all about myself. So I did. I poured my heart out. I told her about what it was like coming out in high school in a small town in the Midwest. And how supportive Chell always was, even when Alex wigged out and didn't talk to me for a month. I told her about my dreams of becoming a songwriter and making a break for the coast. About how that dream died with Chell because I couldn't imagine anybody else singing my songs but her. I told her about all of my hopes and my desires. About my guilt at moving on to live a life that Chell and I had always planned to live together. I told her about my deepest fear. That I don't know who I am without my twin sister, my other half. That may be without Chell, I'm nothing at all. Looking back on it, I can't remember what Blue Eyes actually said to me throughout all of this. She certainly didn't give away anything about herself, who she was, where she came from, not even her name. But I remember this overwhelming sense of comfort, of her telling me, maybe not in so many words, that I was somebody. I was important. I mattered. Even though she didn't, couldn't have known me, somehow she did, and she loved me. She held me as I laughed and cried, and it felt like she was laughing and crying with me, feeling everything I felt just as deeply. The next part gets even fuzzier. At some point, Blue Eyes took my hand and invited me upstairs. Usually, this is the part where I lose my cool, especially with a woman so gut-wrenchingly beautiful. But the nerves never came. I felt like I was floating all the way up the stairs, to her room, to the edge of her twin bed. When she finally kissed me and pressed me back into soft sheets, galaxies exploded behind my closed eyes. It didn't go any farther than that, but it was somehow the most intimate experience of my life. I have no idea how long we stayed there, arms around each other, lips sliding together softly, sweetly. At some point, she pulled away to give me another of those deep, searching looks. She opened her mouth as if to speak when, somewhere in the house, a clock started to chime midnight. Her head snapped toward the door. She ducked her head and sighed. Wait here, Lou. I nodded. It wasn't a question. There was nowhere else I wanted to be. With one last press of her lips to mine, she was gone. I flopped back onto the bed, idly wondering how long she would be gone and what we might get up to when she got back. Before I could follow that train of thought too far, a high-pitched, harsh shriek rent the night, painfully loud even over the pounding bass line from downstairs. More inhuman, screeching voices soon joined in. I shot up in bed just as the dance music cut out with the painfully grating sound of feedback from the speakers. There was a series of terrible, thundering crashes, and a chorus of panicked screams sounded from the partigoers below. The peaceful veil clouding my thoughts lifted in an instant. It finally caught up to me how wrong the situation was. I didn't even really remember coming upstairs. And I hadn't seen Alex in hours. Shit, Alex is down there. I ran to the door, but it wouldn't budge. Distantly, I thought I could hear Alex screaming my name, scared and in pain. And I started slamming my body into the door, calling out for him until my voice was shredded. I looked around frantically for my phone, but it wasn't anywhere in the room. I couldn't remember where I had left it. Footsteps pounded down the hallway outside, a terrified scream coming closer. Abruptly silenced when something slammed into the other side of the bedroom door with a wet, heavy thud. I stumbled back until my knees hit the edge of the bed. I sobbed and made a break for the windows instead. 
I was just about to take my chances jumping from the second story when a small TV in the corner of the room switched on. Static buzzing at the highest volume. Half wild, I thought briefly of chucking the whole TV through the window pane before the blurred pixels started to resolve into a familiar face. No, there on the TV, and possibly, was Chell. My escape plan was quickly abandoned. I reached out to the screen with shaking fingers, as though I could reach through the cold glass and touch her face. The scene on the TV started to play. I couldn't look away. Shell was at a party in what I recognized as the basement of Alex's fraternity house. She was trashed, drink sloshing over the rim of her cup onto her sweater. The sweater I was wearing that night. Alex stepped into frame, laughing, and poured more liquor into her cup. Easy, Chell, you're going to lose the rest of your drink. Can't of that. Whooped a frat brother in the background. Alex turned and shot him a glare. When are the other girls gonna get here? Chell's voice was slurred, mumbling. Is Lou still coming? A chorus of giggles sounded from the small handful of girls in the background. I recognized Beth, Stacy as one of the onlookers. Alex looked back at the crowd and swallowed. He smiled wanly at Chell. Yeah, Chell, she's on her way. Listen, how about we play a game while we wait for her? My stomach felt like stone, while clawing up the back of my throat. Distantly, I could still hear the rampage continuing in the house around me. Wails of pain and fear, shrieks of rage and triumph. And under it all, a thick, fleshy ripping sound. A game. Shell looked at Alex with unfocused eyes, brow furrowed. Something was seriously wrong. Shell never got that drunk. Yeah, it'll be fun. The men were circling up around Shell on the TV. The hair on my arms and neck stood up. Somebody in the real world was pounding on the door to the room, begging for help but they sounded distorted and far away like my head was in a fishbowl. I don't know, Alex. I don't feel so good. Shell swayed on her feet. Alex was practically holding her upright. It's okay, Chell. Just one quick game, and then we're done. Okay. Alex was smoothing Chell's hair away from her face, almost tenderly. The ugly, sinister anticipation in my gut was building. Shell and Alex always had a bit of a thing but this didn't seem like their usual flirting. It was a mockery of the sweet way Alex usually treated Chell. His eyes were filled with an odd mix of determination and regret, lust and anxiety. The Chell on the TV was too far gone to have any of those same misgivings. Chell was always too trusting of people, quick to see the good in everyone. She smiled broadly and dropped her head onto Alex's shoulder, wrapping her arms around him in a loose hug. Alex's frat brothers were circling like sharks. I wrapped my arms around my own waist and fell to my knees. Tears streaming down my face. Spin the shell. Somebody yelled. Shell looked up, confused, and Alex grimaced and spun her quickly in a circle. She stumbled into the arms of another fraternity brother. She tried to push at him, but her movements were slow and weak. The guy forcibly kissed her and then shoved her back toward Alex, who did the same. This continued, Chell tossed about like a rag doll, sobbing my name in fear and confusion. She looked so lost, so young. I quit watching as soon as more hands started grabbing at her, pulling at her clothes. It wasn't hard to guess what happened next. I covered my ears and hunched in on myself on the floor, screaming, begging for it all to stop. I don't know how long I stayed there. I didn't even notice that everything had gone quiet until I heard the click of the bedroom door opening behind me. 
It was loud as a gunshot in the sudden silence. I stood up slowly and moved toward the door in a daze. I stepped forward and barely registered the sick squelch of the rug under my feet. Red soaked the floor in the bottom 18 inches of the wallpaper, splattered in wide strokes on the upper walls and ceiling. A pile of gore that had once been a person slumped at the top of the stairs. A river of blood ran down the center of the staircase, thick and dark, flowing like a grisly red carpet to the open front door. I stepped around mangled limbs and stringy viscera as I made my way carefully down the stairs. My mind was completely numb to the carnage. The sound of Chell's helpless tears still filled my ears. Two steps from the front door, a faint voice gurgled to my left. Lou, part of me wanted to ignore him. To just walk back out into the night, down County Road 5, back to my tiny, uncomfortable bed in my shitty dorm room, where I would fall asleep and this would all have been a nightmare. Please, Lou. Movements rigid, I forced myself to turn toward the living room. My breath hitched despite my detachment. There, on the floor in the middle of a sea of shredded bodies, was what was left of Alex. His blonde hair was tinged pink with blood. One of his eyes dangled loosely from its socket. Both legs were missing below the knees. He dragged himself toward me with his right arm, nails cracking against the hardwood floor. His left arm, flesh ripped down to bone and sinew, reached out for me, pleading. I didn't move. I couldn't. This was Alex, my best friend since kindergarten, Chell's prom date. My first and last kiss with a man. This was Alex, the man who threw my sister to the wolves, who raped her, the reason Chell was dead. Did Chell say please, Alex? Alex choked on a bloody sob. I could see the guilt and shame awash in his one good eye. It wasn't exposed dot 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 go that far. He coughed, blood spewed in a chunky froth across the hardwood. Please, Lou, I'm sorry. Groaning in agony, Alex inched closer to me. I remained still, body frozen with indecision. Shall we spare him? Ice trickled down my spine. The voice belonged to blue eyes, there was no doubt, but it was different. A sonorous, echoing whisper, sighing on the wind like it came from everywhere at once. A long-fingered hand settled on my shoulder. In the corner of my vision, I saw shiny curved, black talons resting near my collarbone. Just around the corners of the living room entryway, beyond my line of sight. I could make out the shadows of huge wings. Feathers rustled, claws tapped and clicked on the hardwood floor. Impatient. Alex looked toward the noise, face twisted in fright. Blue eyes squeezed my shoulder gently. I'm sorry, child. You weren't supposed to be here. But we wanted you to understand. Alex looked at me again, pleading. He opened his mouth to speak, but I beat him to it. He's all yours. As whatever monsters lurked in the shadows began to advance. The hand on my shoulder turned me away and steered me toward the door. Smooth, black feathers filled my peripheral vision. A large wing curled around my frame to block the sights and muffle the sounds of my former best friend's demise. I stepped into the cool night air and closed my eyes. Lips brushed tenderly across my temple. Be at peace, dear one. Everything went black. I woke up late last Sunday morning, back in the dorms, tucked safely into my bed. For a couple of hours, I almost convinced myself I had dreamed the whole thing. Every trace of the house Omega party has been scrubbed from existence. All of my text messages with Alex about it were gone. None of the sleek, black invitations remained. I thought briefly, hopefully, that maybe it had all just been a grief-induced nightmare. 
until the news broke that Alex's entire fraternity and a handful of Chell's sorority sisters had disappeared into the ether overnight. The police have no leads. I know they won't find any. I drove back out to County Road 5 a few days ago. After half a week of fielding concerned phone calls from my mom. There's nothing there, just an empty field with an abandoned, decrepit farmhouse rotting in the prairie sun. Alex's mom has been calling me, too, to see if I've heard from him if I have any clue what happened. I haven't told her the truth. I've decided that I won't. Sometimes lies are kinder. She doesn't need to know what kind of monster her son was, what kind of monster he was killed by. I spent most of the day today at the cemetery. I sat cross-legged in front of Chell's headstone, tracing the letters of her name and thinking of everything I should have seen earlier. Everything I missed. A shadow fell over me, breaking my reverie. Mind if I join you? I squinted up into the afternoon sun. It was Anna. With everything else that had been going on, I had almost forgotten that she had even been there that night. I guess I had subconsciously cataloged her as one of the missing. Apparently, officially speaking, she was never at the party either. She helped fill in some of the gaps. Shell came to me right after it happened, Anna said, voice tight. She sat down beside me in the grass, close enough our thighs were touching. I was furious, ready to call campus police. But she begged me not to. The boys and some of our so-called sisters had taken video of the whole thing. She said and threatened to expose her if she got too sensitive about it. I promised her I wouldn't call. I wish every night that I had anyway. I had decided I would connect her with campus resources instead. You know, support groups for survivors, counselors, that kind of thing. I convinced myself it was good enough. But before I could make it happen, she... Anna choked on the words. She cleared her throat and breathed out harshly through her nose. Well, I was too late. I would apologize to you, but an apology isn't good enough. You have nothing to apologize for, Anna. You tried to help her. I squeezed her hand. She squeezed mine back. Still, I felt like I had to do something. Anna stared at Chill's headstone, eyes hard. People like the men and women who hurt your sister. They think they're invincible untouchable, and they're not entirely wrong these days. With enough money, you can get away with anything, right? She laughed, dry and humorless, so I knew I had to reach out to a higher authority. What did you do? Anna smiled grimly. My family worships the old gods. I shivered at that, a chill dancing across my skin. I called upon a long-forgotten sisterhood, ancient and hungry. If I could deliver them the guilty parties, they promised they could deliver justice. Her expression softened as she finally looked at me. You were never supposed to be there, though. Oh, honey, I am so, so sorry. I didn't tell her it was okay because it really isn't. But I appreciated her apology nonetheless. I nodded and squeezed her hand again, blinking back tears. So dot 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 what now? The deed is done. Anna stood up and dusted the grass off of the back of her leggings. They'll have moved on. Anna looked at me, long and hard, and bit her lip. She nodded to herself and reached into her purse. They did ask me to make one last delivery, though. Anna pulled out a very familiar piece of black cardstock, embossed with gilded lettering. She handed it to me. I took it with a trembling hand. There's no pressure and no expiration date, Anna said. She started to go but turned back one last time with a sad, sweet smile. I really am sorry, Lou, for everything. 
Chell was the best of us. I waited until her figure faded into the distance to look down at the paper in my hands. It was a new invitation to me this time. Louise Teller, true of heart and strong of will, the sisters of House Omega invite you into our fold. A black candle to summon us, a white candle to turn us away. We will heed your call. I thought of Chell, crying and confused, stumbling in a dark basement. I thought of Chell, the last time I'd seen her in life. Head was thrown back and laughing. I thought of Chell, cold and still in the ground beneath me. I crumpled the invitation in my fist. It's quiet tonight, not even a breeze rustles the dying leaves. And yet, a soft wind is disturbing the flame of the black candle I've placed in front of my open window. A low, sweet voice floats on the breeze, speaking an old language. And feathers flutter in the dark just past my line of vision. I was never the type to join a sorority. But I think there might be something to this whole sisterhood thing after all. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels, and a blessed day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.